Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. I have with me today Lindsay Wagman and Trey Robinson, two students from the Sam M. Walton College of Business who are seniors. Lindsay is double majoring in marketing and supply chain management, and Trey is majoring in marketing. And they have done extensive work while they're in school. They've done internships, and they're currently doing an internship with a local marketing, digital marketing company in town called Mod Think. And uh, the other thing they have in common, and I have in common with them, is that we're, we were all born in Kansas. <laughs> it's kind of unusual, but that happens sometimes. Thank you both for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Now, the other thing I should disclose as well is that uh, ModThink Marketing is owned by uh, an alum of the Walton College. He got his MBA from the Walton College. Um, back in the early 2000s, Brent Robinson. No relationship to Trey, just coincidental yeah. last name. Um, but anyway, he, uh, he graduated. He started a digital marketing company eventually, and the Walton College has engaged them. Trey and Lindsay are both working on our account. But I want to talk a little bit about their experience in the Walton College and some of the things they've learned through the process of working uh, at ModThink. One of the things that they've they've been working on is uh, applying agile development to marketing. Usually when you think of agile, you think of applying that to software development, but they've actually been applying it to tactics within marketing. So Lindsay, I'll start with you. Tell me a little bit about why you chose the Walton College. Yeah, so like you said, I'm originally from Kansas and I was born in Topeka, Kansas. And a lot of people from my hometown end up going to schools like KU or K-State or Washburn, which is in Topeka. And I knew that I didn't really want to do that. I had started touring schools out of state during my junior year of high school. And I'm not exactly sure how I ended up touring Arkansas, but I came during the fall whenever all the leaves were changing and I was completely sold. Um, I really loved seeing Fayetteville in the fall and the campus just really felt like home. It is beautiful during the fall. How about you, Trey? So, I mean, I'm also from Kansas, uh, Columbus, Kansas specifically, so it's more rural Kansas. Uh, Like, I live basically on the Missouri-Oklahoma border, and most people from where I'm from go to, like, Pitt State or kind of stay at, like, a a D2 school. Um, I always knew I wanted to go to Walton probably since, like, I would say seventh or eighth grade. Like, I wanted to come to the University of Arkansas, mainly because around that time, I switched from wanting to go to the medical field. I, like, job shadowed a surgeon. And realize, oh, I don't think this is for me. And my family, uh, like a lot of my family members, own businesses, and I kind of wanted to go down that path. So I knew Walton was like a well-ranked school, and I also knew all the connections to like major co- like companies and corporations that were based out of Northwest Arkansas. So that's kind of like the main thing that I knew. If I went there, it would give me an opportunity to learn a lot and also make good connections where I could go down that path if I chose to. I kind of switched once I got here. I don't necessarily want to go a corporate route. I like the agency life. That's why I like working for ModThink a lot. And so I've had a lot of fun with that. That's great. And, of course, because your internship is with ModThink, I've had the opportunity to work with both of you on a weekly basis for some time now. 
And so I've seen what you've been learning. I've seen your learning come along. And I, I really think I'd like to get your reaction to this, but my perspective is that if you're doing an internship working while you're in school, I do think summer internships are great, but, but even while you're actually going to school, um, I think it teaches you many things, um, but I'd like to know why you all wanted to do it. Lindsay, I'll start with you. Yeah, so I started working at ModThink back in July of 2018. So I've been with ModThink for a while and have worked throughout the school year, throughout my junior and then now into senior year. And I think it's been great. I had worked in high school since I'd been 16, kind of after school jobs, but hadn't worked in college during my freshman and sophomore year. So starting at ModThink and working during my junior year of college really was kind of a new way of figuring out time management. Um, My teachers in high school always said the less time you have, the better you spend it. So it's definitely been a learning curve, but it's been really manageable, especially um, learning more about project management in my classes and just sort of how to balance things. Trey, how about you? Uh, I guess just kind of the way I was raised and stuff, like I I always worked ever since I could remember and things. So when I got to school, I didn't want to quit working, but I didn't necessarily, I knew getting a job, just say like, uh, nothing wrong with like just a job to make money, but say if I worked at fast food or something, I'm going to learn soft skills and get things from that. But I knew if I could get lucky enough to get a good internship in like a industry or a field that I wanted to pursue, I would start kind of learning those things early on. And so the good thing with ModThink is, like, I think the one of the biggest impacts it's had on me is it's like ModThink stands for Modify Your Thinking, and that's what I think it's kind of done. It's allowed me to, like, work, like, take things from the classroom and then putting them to use right away. I can later that day start using it, like, say, with Walton on some of the projects we do, and it kind of works as, like, a catalyst where, like, my learning is just, like, way faster than I would say it would be without the internship. So... That's why I like it so much, and it's helped me. I think that's always true. I mean, no matter where you work, you learn. And sometimes it's challenging, of course, to balance things, but uh, that's the way life is the rest of the time. <laughs> You're always challenged with balance. and But I also think, especially in business, I mean, business has a lot to do with people. I mean, business really is about people. It's about companies are about solving problems for customers. And to be able to solve problems for customers, you have to understand customers. And to understand customers, you've got to have empathy and you've got to learn to converse and ask questions. And I've seen you both grow in your ability to do that with us as a, as a client as well. Um, and, but... Let's talk just a little bit about some of the things you're, you've learned at ModThink, and we can talk about it in terms of, you know, real tactical things you've learned, but also, um, you know, maybe some more high-level kind of uh, life-type learnings as well. Uh, one thing I'd like to start with, one thing that uh, ModThink does that I don't know of many marketing companies that do, is, and that is applying Agile. So if you wouldn't mind, and Trey, I'll start with you, just describe Agile a little bit and then how you do it at ModThink. Mm-hmm. So Agile is kind of like a methodology where the the big focus is like 
having really high communication and high turnaround on things without taking a dip in quality. And so one of the like effective ways we use that is you set it up and have like a very intense focus on one certain, I call it an effort because the terminology gets a little mixed around in agile. Cause if you call things a project, it can be confused with the overall project or like one specific task type thing. So say we focus on one effort, then everyone on the team meets daily in a daily scrum where I've been lucky enough to serve as scrum master for those. So that's been a huge learning curve, but I prefer the name Scrum Lord, so that's what I'm trying to get it switched to. <laughs> but basically, every day people meet and they explain what they did in the last 24 hours, what they're doing the next 24 hours, any roadblocks they have. And that allows for the team to come together, and if someone has an issue, it can be addressed like right after the Scrum, and you can kind of tear down those roadblocks. Everyone is like highly accountable, and it's very transparent. So to me, I think one of the biggest things it's done for us since adopt, like adopting the methodology is it's made it where no one wants to be the person who has to kind of say they're doing the same things a few days in a row. So if I say, well, I'm going to I'm going to go edit this article and I'll get it uploaded in a couple days or tomorrow, then on the next scrum I have to say, well, I didn't I didn't do that. Now I'm doing it again. And so no one wants to do that. So that accountability has made it where I feel like our productivity even within weeks has just skyrocketed. Lindsay, Trey has been the scrum master and now he's the Scrum Master Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you're the Scrum Master on Tuesday, Thursday. How have you liked that? I've liked it. Um, it is definitely different, especially since for Scrum, you need to keep everyone very much on task. So going over what you've done, what you're doing next in the roadblocks, and people tend to have um, inclinations to sort of just get off topic and kind of go into other things. I know, Matt, sometimes we have to keep you on topic because you'll talk <laughs> about other uh, things that are going on. But it's definitely been a lot, especially talking to such high stakeholders and making sure that everyone does stay on topic and that we are being productive and focused on the one effort that we're working on right now. So it's definitely, um, like Trey said, been a big learning curve, but it's been really enjoyable. And I do think it has provided a lot more visibility, accountability and productivity just in our overall company and on these projects. Trey, you mentioned by doing this internship, you've kind of decided which direction you want to go, which I think is one of the big benefits of an internship. Mm -hmm. I know. Um, so Trey, what made you decide you really wanted to go the agency route? Mm -hmm. I guess one thing to note too is I'm a transfer student. So I spent two years at a JUCO in Kansas. I played football there for a couple of years and then I transferred to Walton. So this was the year I'd be transferring into Walton, but I also had an internship at a big corporation. And I kind of was just in, I worked in Excel sheets a lot. I had a cubicle, like that kind of setup. And I learned a lot. The people there were great, but it just, I realized it wasn't necessarily for me specifically and kind of my personality type. At that point, I knew like the next thing I needed to get was an internship where I could work in digital marketing. Like I knew that for sure. Like I wanted to work in digital. I had always loved content, but uh, I actually listened to your podcast back in the day and Brent Robinson, the owner of ModThink was on it. And I heard him talking about ModThink, so I applied to that. The great thing about ModThink is you can kind of work into a role that you want to be in. Like Brent allows the internship program to go that way. So if you like project management, you can work more on project management. If you like content, if you want to lean in and start helping with content, you can. So I was able to do that. And that it's allowed me to like bring strategy and creativity together in a way that like just fits my personality very well. And I kind of like that fast-pacedness of working at an agency always having different things going on and just 
kind of realized like that's definitely the path I want to go down. And I wouldn't know that if I hadn't have had the internship. Yeah, there's no question. What made you decide to listen to the podcast? Uh, me, in my eyes, I was like, I know people are going to classes, they're studying, they're doing well, they're doing what they can to give themselves a competitive advantage. And so in my eyes, I was like, well, I don't know if everyone's listening to the podcast or not, but if I am, that's something at least I can say I'm doing. And maybe I'll get information from that that'll help have me have a competitive advantage, which I would say it did because it landed me a role at Mod Thing just because I listened to that. Well, that's great. Lindsay, you've been working with me a lot. Yeah. I'm kind of your project a little bit. And each week you send me an update on what you've done and, uh, and what we've been doing with the, the effort. Tell me a little bit about your role and what you do. Yeah. While my title is content marketing strategist, I've really taken on a project manager role recently. So it's been really interesting kind of seeing the differences and learning, especially taking on an account like yours and helping with the various things I do for you. The weekly updates have been a great way to sort of build out my own soft skills and communication practices. It's been really beneficial, especially to get everything in one place and to make sure that everything is communicated effectively and that everything is really on topic and making sure that we're focusing on the big efforts that are at hand. So I think it's been um, really beneficial, especially learning these skills now while I'm still a student in college that I'll be able to take with me into my career after graduation. I read somewhere that if you look at spending on marketing, um, if you take spending on marketing and divide it by revenue of the firm, that it's been pretty steady for decades. What's changed is the where it's going. You know, of course, there's a lot of marketing firms that have gone out of business and print businesses that have gone out of business. Um, but there's more and more being spent on digital marketing. And I'd like to know, where do you think are some of the biggest opportunities in digital marketing going forward? Video right now is a huge thing. And people, like video marketing itself is taken off. It's getting a lot of traction. Um, particularly with those, and this is something we've kind of helped with, is SRT files to accompany those videos. And that's like when, say we upload a video on LinkedIn, we attach an SRT file to it, which basically makes that video searchable now because it's a file that contains all the, all the things that are said, like the transcript of that video, which uh, from experience we can say has been having uh, like huge results. So um, Yeah, and you know, the other thing about that, I think you're right. It makes it more searchable. Mm -hmm. But one thing Brent mentioned to me too was that a lot of times when people are at work they have their sound off and so if a video comes up with subtitles then they might watch a little bit of it especially if the words catch them right you'll just keep scrolling if you can't just start reading right away and I, I mean I, I do that all the time myself so I believe it yeah and I would agree with that we can see a lot of the time where consumers are viewing our content whether that's on a mobile device or on their desktop and a lot of the time it is a mobile device so if you think about maybe you're sitting in between classes or in between meetings and you're on your phone scrolling through LinkedIn you don't want the volume playing on a video there so especially having the SRT file with the closed captioning is really beneficial on videos especially for social media what are some things you all think about some maybe some real tactical things you've learned I think, uh, you know, Trey, you mentioned using SRT files with uh, videos that you upload into LinkedIn, but what are some other tactical kind of things you've learned? I would say just like right off the bat, the thing I started learning is how to, how to set like a, a general cadence for content or even say it's a social media cadence. 
like setting it up where you're not going to be spamming the followers where you're going to if you're going to see like diminishing returns kind of setting things up where you're getting a variety of content in front of people and then also being able to make content in a way that the viewer not only like wants to consume it but they will if you can't get the idea across from your content into their head then it kind of is unsuccessful you might have got a like or two but you didn't get what you actually wanted out of it yeah i would say in addition to the stopping power that trey talked about um, a strategy that we've kind of taken upon ourselves to learn more about recently is hashtag usage. So we've been doing a lot of keyword research that has to do with search engine optimization and really figuring out which tags we be beneficial to use in the post that we're making that'll increase the visibility because of the content that it's related to. So I think that's been something that's been really cool. And we've seen a lot of success with that, especially with trending posts on LinkedIn. And I think another tactical thing would be... Uh, being that I like content stuff, I always know you got to tell a story with your content. But I didn't necessarily know the actual like SEO side of getting your content where now it's... SEO it, stands for search engine optimization. Right, yeah. So that would be like, instead of just having a big old chunk of text in, say, a LinkedIn article, breaking it up with subheadings, which specifically H1s and H2s, that which is heading one, heading two, that now makes it where Google can scan it and show like this content would actually be beneficial for this person who's searching this particular phrase. And so learning those tactics and everything, that's been a huge part of it. And being able to like, I think a really cool thing that I like doing or a part of my job is, and this is kind of the project management or account executive side of it, is being able to explain that to clients because you always kind of, they always kind of give like an aha moment, like because they know that something has to be going on. And then whenever you explain it, it's kind of cool to see people like, ah, okay. And then they start playing around with their own stuff. I know you test a lot of things yourself. You're always sending us an email and say, hey, I've been doing an experiment for a while now. That's kind of how the SRT files came about. Like you actually gave us a little, you leaded a, you led us into that a little bit. And then we went down that path. Well, you, you know, I believe in the past, you know, you've got planning and you have experimentation, right? A long time ago, when data wasn't so high velocity and so readily available, you couldn't do experiments very easily. So you had to do a lot more planning. I think a fundamental shift has occurred in business towards experimentation. So I personally experiment. You know, as the leader of the Walton College, I've, it's not always necessarily me doing the experiments, but our team experiments with a lot of things. And... When we th see things that work, we might build on those things. And um, But with the way things operate today, you can experiment more quickly. Mm -hmm. One thing that you all have been putting a little more effort into is the graphics that's used in various things. Tell me a little bit about that. It goes hand in hand with the agile stuff because it's not technically an agile thing, but it's from the same resources we started learning about agile from. And it's about 10xing everything you do, like making everything 10 times better. And part of that is making con like content that fits the anatomy of 10x content. And so that means having the right subheadings, having bulleted lists in your article or whatever it is, having numbered lists, like a bunch of different things to segment up the articles. And people don't necessarily always just read things. They scan things. So we want to we wanna play into that scanning and make things very scannable. And so 
we've been trying to implement more bulleted lists, numbered lists, but then also the graphics part of it has been a huge thing for us right now. And we've been trying to make standalone graphics and also in-article graphics. And our designer, Jack, Jack Kreitzer, he's done a great job. So I got to give him a shout out for that. He's, and he's also a student. In he's, he's a supply chain man- major. But we've basically been making custom graphics for all the articles we've been producing throughout the sprint. And one thing that I think has been so beneficial about it is the graphics all fit the same style and the same guidelines, like from like color wise and just how they're made. So it almost brings all the pieces we're doing together. So say we have multiple people posting articles, but it all is to kind of help the same effort. If this is getting in front of different audiences, but they're seeing that different people post similar type graphics, that ties it in together and helps us whenever it's influencing them that it's like almost like a subconscious thing of, well, these have some sort of connection almost, you know, and then that helps us with our goals that we're trying to accomplish through these efforts. And then the standalone graphics that we've published, I think one recently had almost 40,000 uh, views, which is like, that's a big number for us and for the platforms we're on. So the graphics have been a huge part. I would say that's one of the things like video marketing. I think graphics are also like a big part of things that you, if you wanted to start making a big difference in your content marketing, if you start making graphics or get a good designer who can help you with custom graphics for all your articles and everything, that'll start making a huge difference. Cause I think we've seen it make a huge difference. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the graphics have seen a lot of success as well. Um, like Trey said, because all of them are really cohesive and fit together very well but also because after we've been digging into the LinkedIn algorithm a little bit more and seeing what it favors, we found that posts that have images in them get a lot more engagement. So kind of like we talked about the stopping power earlier of these posts, it's been very successful, I think, because people aren't used to seeing things like this on LinkedIn. So whether that be a map or just kind of a different standalone graphic that illustrates one of the points that we're trying to make through our SMEs profile, we're seeing a lot of success there because it's sort of unexpected and something that people don't typically see on LinkedIn every day. Well, um, Lindsay, you're a senior and you have posted maybe two LinkedIn articles. Oh, three. Up to three okay. now. I may not have seen one, but but I know you posted one on about um, using. Um, hashtags yeah I can't remember what you called the title of that um this is why the best post trend on LinkedIn and how yours can too yeah that's right it was so about it was, LinkedIn trending. it was really about the algorithm mm-hmm. um but you wrote that based on your experience and I again think that's a valuable thing about the internship is that you were operating for quite a while you noticed patterns, you did your research, and then you summarized it in the article. Um, was that, did you enjoy that or was that a lot of work? Or I really think? did enjoy it. Um, I think sort of because Trey and I are both content people is something that really sparked our interest. So that's sort of where everything started. Um, we actually started learning more about the algorithm after one of my posts did, one of my posts trended for the first time under the hashtag internship. And I had never really seen post trend before, but this was um, over the summer after I had posted about the internship I just wrapped up. So we were like, trending, what does that mean? So we decided to look a little bit further into it. And there isn't really a lot of documentation on it right now. So a lot of it was pulling from different things we found and sort of figuring out how this process works and kind of the timeline for that. But I do think that writing about it really did sort of wrap up the learning experience there. 
And something that's been really cool is that Trey and I have been able to teach other mod thinkers about it. And especially since we've been at ModThink for a while, we're kind of the senior mod thinkers now. So we're able to teach that to the newer interns that we have and sort of relay that knowledge onto them so they can think about things differently too. You two talk about A-B testing. There are very few people your age that know what A-B testing is. I don't, at least I think they don't. They might learn a little bit about, you know, about it in a statistics class, which you all have had to take, data analysis. Everyone in Walton College takes data analysis. But uh, so did you know about A-B testing prior to the internship? I think I had heard it, but I like I knew it was a thing, but I didn't understand it on a level where I could actually speak to it or do it myself even. But one thing about being in uh, digital marketing, and this goes to your point earlier about experimentation and stuff, is and also agile, I guess, is we're so fast paced and things are always moving where it makes it where we're able to A-B test stuff all the time. So we can just split copy on, say we're running a, a search ad or something on Google. We can change the copy a little bit and immediately start testing it. Before I started on my internship, I would have had no idea. And I think when I did start, I always heard Brent say like, oh, well, are we A-B testing that? And I would be like, uh, maybe, I don't know. And then I would go search and figure out what A-B test meant ask some uh, mod thinkers who had been there a little bit longer than me, and then I started understanding it. So I think to your point about experimenting, though, that's one reason I like digital so much, like digital marketing, is because it allows you to take something that you think is a good idea, go A-B test it, and now you know if it's a good idea or not. If it got results or if it fell flat, you have a general idea of, well, we need to say or change something and then come back and A-B test it again, and it makes it where you're constantly improving. So you both are seniors in the Walton College. Um, why don't you talk just a little bit about what you've enjoyed about the Walton College? I would say that one of my favorite things about being a Walton student is the project-based classes that we have or just things that we can do in our classes in groups, especially whenever there's industry involvement in that. So um, one of the most beneficial classes I've taken is new product development and launch, and I took that with Joel Tyler last year. And throughout that class, we worked on a project for FedEx about freight futures contracts. And to get started, none of us even knew what futures contracts were, so we sort of had to go through the research process of that and then go into ideation and process mapping to figure out a solution for this that we ultimately presented at Demo Day to FedEx and other companies that were sponsors there. Another um, class that was really beneficial in terms of project management skills was Molly Rapert's marketing management class. Molly's an amazing teacher, and especially being in that class and working on a project for Kellogg's with Craig Geiger was a very beneficial experience. And just like in Joel's class, we were able to present our findings and recommendations to Kellogg's at the end of it, which really makes it come full circle. So I really enjoyed that. I would say one of the main things I like about Walton, and I've this is kind of like a love-hate thing, I guess, because I'm not naturally a person who goes into class and sits on the front row and participates a lot. But Walton sets things up where you do have to be very engaged in the classes and participation is a big part of it. And like Lindsay said, a lot of these things are project based. I think I'm in four classes this semester and all four have group projects. So it forces me out of my comfort zone where I have to engage. And that helps because you can't just work in a silo in business. You have to be working with all kinds of different people. Uh, and then particularly one of my favorite classes, I would say this is my outright favorite class, was Digital Marketing Applications with Chris Medenwald. 
obviously I like digi- digital. That's the field I want to go into. But he did a great job. He's he's a communications major manager at field agent also, and he did a great job of explaining things in kind of the academic sense, and then breaking it down into how it applies directly if you were at an agency or if you're at a company, how you could start implementing it. So that class allowed me to take things that I was learning in the classroom and then immediately go later that day or the next day to ModThink and implement it at work. So I've had a lot of things from classes that I've implemented into work, but it was the first time where I could go later that day and implement it. So that was awesome to be able to do that. I think Lindsay's in that class now, (laughs) so hopefully she has the same type of experience. Yeah, I am actually in that class now, and there are two other mod thinkers who are in the class with me. So we're really taking over digital marketing applications, (laughs) and Chris has noticed. I've already noticed that he really does try to bring lessons from the classroom back to industry ties and sort of relate that to his work at Field Agent, where we're using actually the Field Agent software to take attendance every day and are using things like Trello um, to sort of have other project management instead of just using Blackboard. So it's been good to be able to use software that people in the industry are actually using and not just school-related software. I really think it's true that if you learn something, that this is another benefit of an internship, any internship, you can take what you're learning and apply it. And I think it gives you a richer understanding of what you've learned, you know. And actually, I think, Lindsay, when you wrote that article about the LinkedIn algorithm, you were taking things you've learned in college, things you've learned in work, and then you provided this information to the world. And to some degree, that closes the loop, if you will. Definitely. And you'll probably never forget what you wrote in that article. Uh, I, I find this, uh, I like to write, as you all know. It helps me learn even further. Because when you're forced to write something out, it forces you to look at the logic and maybe what you're missing as well. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Be Epic podcast from the Walton College. You can find us on Google, SoundCloud, iTunes, or look for us wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can find current and past episodes by searching Be Epic Podcast, one word, that's B-E-E-P-I-C podcast, and now Be Epic.